Welcome and hello, my friend. Thank you so much for listening today. At the risk of sounding repetitive, I want to thank you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you are investing your time in tuning your ears to this broadcast today. I greatly appreciate you. I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles. We will need those today. I know, sounds a little odd. We'll need our Bibles for a program called Bible Tracked Echoes. Yes, we will. The Bible study today is one that's been, I don't know, uh, percolating for a while. It's been kind of stewing around in the back of my mind. It's been just notes on a piece of paper for a long while, sitting in between these particular pages of, of my Bible around this chapter and Today, we are going to begin to break down an entire chapter of God's Word. We will, Lord willing, end that breakdown at the end of this week. I think it may be a help to you. If you've ever had a problem saying no, if you've ever had an issue with just getting steamrolled by people, if you've ever been in a situation where you can't seem to make your own way, I don't mean in any sort of self-aggrandizing, prideful, you know, just trying to do things the way I want them to be done, just in a selfish way. No, no, no. I mean, maybe there are some that you kind of just go along to get along all the time. Well, there are times that we need to, I don't know, play the game. We need to just kind of go with the flow. There are times for that. There's a balance to everything. I'm not saying we all need to stand up with steel in our spine and just say no, no, no constantly. But we also don't need to be yes men or yes women, especially when it comes to things of a biblical nature. There are some things, some concepts, some doctrines, some fundamentals that we must hold to. We're going to be in the book of Daniel. Find your place in the book of Daniel. Some of you may be already trying to get ahead of me. You think you know where we're going. You may be correct, but find your place, the book of Daniel. While you do that, I want to remind you of one of my favorite gospel tracks for the time frame approaching Easter. Now, depending on when you're listening, you may say Easter's too far off in the distance. I don't think we can ever be too ready for Resurrection Sunday. If you're looking for a good gospel tract for Easter, for Resurrection Sunday, He is not here might be the title that you're searching for. Now, realize on BibleTracksInc.org, that's our website, we give our tracks away for free. Yes, we do, for free, all day. Every day, seven days a week, 365 a year, and we've been doing it for over 80 years. I need to do the math. 365 days times 83, 84 years or so, that's a lot. And we've been doing it for a long time. And you can still get this gospel tract. was written by evangelist Paul Levine, our founder, many years ago. The title is He Is Not Here. Go to BibleTracksInc.org. What is that title referencing? Well, What it's saying is that Jesus Christ, he's not on the cross, he's not in the tomb, he's not here anymore. Why is that? Well, you're going to have to read the gospel track if you want to know more about that. If you have a question or a comment, a criticism or a concern that I can answer for you today, you can text me. I'd love to hear from you. Here's my cell number. You ready? Copy it down. I'll give it to you real slow. Get a pen and paper. Maybe open up your phone right now. Text me. 309. Three, one six, seven two, four zero. One more time. Three 
I hope you have. Those of you that participate along, and I know many of you, you're probably maybe beginning your workday. Maybe you're in the middle of the workday. Maybe you're ending the evening, depending on when you're listening to this broadcast. Maybe you're not in a position where you can grab your Bible. But can I ask you to tune your mind, not just your ears. Don't just let this sound wash over you. I'm going to ask you to really tune in to what we talk about today. I think it might be a help. You ready? Daniel chapter number three, we begin in verse number one with a very long name. How do you say that name? It starts with an N. Can someone give me a try if you're looking at your Bible? Here's my best attempt. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Many of you have said that name. You've heard that name. But maybe if you're looking at your Bible, this is the first time you've ever seen that name. It's a lot of letters. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the Bible tells us, whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, historically, we believe the cubit to be approximately 18 inches or thereabouts. This this massive edifice, this monument, this statue, was approximately 90 feet tall. Now imagine that. Now I know we can build buildings taller and probably in your town there are buildings taller than 90 feet. But think about it. A massive statue with no other purpose than to draw the eye. And what was it made out of? Made of gold. You say, I've seen large buildings. You've never seen one 90 feet tall made of gold. The Bible doesn't tell us that it was coated or covered with gold. The entire thing was made of gold. Verse number two, then that long word again, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, what was this image of? Well, we believe, and the Bible leads us to believe, that this was an image of Nebuchadnezzar. He thought so highly of himself that, you know, standing on a balcony in front of all of his assembled peoples, that's not quite enough. That's not impressive enough for the leader of the known world in this case. No, Nebuchadnezzar needed a 90-foot-tall statue made of gold. Imagine that. Think about it. In your mind's eye, imagine a flat patch of ground, a large, massive parade ground. And in the middle of it, with all the assembled people gathered, a massive glimmering statue. Made for what purpose? Was it to commemorate some military victory? Was it to bring honor or remembrance to heroes gone by? Was it for his father, his grandfather, some great king of the past? And no, it was made for one purpose, that all glory and honor and excellence and attention 
go to one person with a very long name, Nebuchadnezzar. Verse number three of Daniel 3. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. A line in the sand has been drawn by none other than, if you're looking for an outline today, a narcissistic despot. Now, those are two big words. What do they mean? Well, narcissist or a narcissistic person is one who is overly self-involved and often vain or selfish. That, in this case, I, I think that is a pretty apt description of Mr. Nebuchadnezzar. He seems just a little bit overly self-involved. What is a despot? A king or other ruler with absolute, unlimited power, an autocrat, a tyrant, an oppressor. Well, I think that also fits this guy named Knezer. Don't you agree? Think about that for a moment. He's made a massive image to his own honor. But that's not enough. He has to see. He wants to observe everyone bowing down, not just to him, but what was a figment of his imagination that he commissioned as a 90-foot tall. It must be nice when your dreams can become reality that quickly made of gold, right? Well, for Nebuchadnezzar, he learns his lesson. But we see here a narcissistic despot. But in verse number 7 of chapter 3, therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and all the languages. So there's a, quite a conglomeration of people here. They fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. We see the nation's decision. I mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast that there are some, probably listening right now, that sometimes it's difficult to go against the flow. I, I truly don't feel that it's out of place to make some application from this passage to where you and I live now. There are some who would like us to bow to the rhetoric, to the theatrics. I'm not even talking in the political sphere. I'm talking about our relationship with God. There are some that say, at least insinuate, you know, it would be a lot easier for you. It'd be a lot more comfortable if you just, you know, stop talking about this Jesus character. Maybe you don't need to be as bold of a witness as you are. Maybe you can just leave well enough alone. Let me ask you, friend, if you find yourself in that boat, if you have those pressures put upon you, I'm not asking you if you've bowed to those pressures. If we're all honest, Every single one of us, every Christian at some point in their life has let 
things slide that they should not have, things they should have bowed up at and said, no, 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 the buck stops here. I'm not asking you about the past. I'm asking you if you're feeling those pressures now. If you anticipate, you might feel those pressures. Maybe next time you get together with your family, with some friends, a friend group that you know will pressure you in that way, I'm going to ask you, would you join us for the remainder of this week? We're going to dive into one of the most amazing displays of bravery, courage, and faith in the Bible. And we're going to learn how we can glean some of that for ourselves. I want to thank you for listening today, but I'm going to encourage you and ask you, beg you, would you continue listening throughout the remainder of this week? Greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.